Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're gonna be going over my week number two wide receiver start or sit decisions for every single matchup around the NFL. We are going to begin with Thursday Night Football and go all the way up until the doubleheader on Monday Night Football and tell you guys whether you should start or sit the wide receivers in all of those games. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. While you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure you do leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you do want to follow me on Twitter, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. And if you want to get my weekly rankings as well as a guaranteed answer to all of your questions, make sure you guys check out the Patreon link in the video description for $7.50. So without further ado, let's get into my week number two wide receiver start or sit decisions. We begin with Thursday Night Football, the Minnesota Vikings at the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I talked about this in the running back start sit video, but this was a game from last season that was a complete and utter unmitigated disaster from the Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins could not read the defense worth anything. He was throwing the ball to Darius Slay instead of Justin Jefferson, and it was really bad. Now, do I expect Kirk Cousins to look that bad yet again this time around? Probably not, but I would be hard-pressed to rank Justin Jefferson as like a top three or even a top five wide receiver on the week. Now, Justin Jefferson is so skilled that obviously he could end up doing it even up against an Eagles defense that is incredibly strong. But at the end of the day, also, you have to consider the fact that this is a prime situation for Kirk Cousins to crumble, right? He crumbled week one up against the Buccaneers defense, and now we've got primetime Kirk Cousins, which is is just the worst version of Kirk Cousins, right? This guy shit the bed last week at 1 p.m., 12 o'clock, right? The new nightmare played bad at noon, at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So imagine what's going to happen in prime time. Again, am I sitting Justin Jefferson? No, but am I very confident in him? The answer to that would also be no. He should still finished as like a top 12 receiver, but I don't think this will be the week where he goes nuclear. A.J. Brown, as well as Devontae Smith, are must-starts for me as well. The Minnesota Vikings defense didn't look very good in that game up against the Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield. I think A.J. Brown, as well as Devontae Smith, could form an Eiffel Tower over that Vikings defense and be pounding them all game long. Jordan Addison Ray, my guy, looked incredible up against the Bucs last week. He ended up scoring his first NFL touchdown on a laser from Kirk Cousins, but this is just a way different game, right? You're going from the Bucks to the Eagles night and day in terms of defense. While I expect Jordan Addison to have a great season, I talked him up all offseason. I don't think this is a game where he plays great yet again. KJ Osborne was definitely involved in the offense, but again, they're going up against the Eagles. He is a sit. Quez Watkins, once every seven games, this guy's going to somehow get like a 99-yard touchdown and end up having a pretty decent game. But at the end of the day, in your redraft fantasy football leagues, unless there's an injury to AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, knock on wood, you are never really going to want to start Quez Watkins moving to the Sunday slate with the Green Bay Packers at the Atlanta Falcons. Now, Christian Watson did not end up playing last week as he's been dealing with a hamstring injury. His situation for this week is certainly up in the air. If he does end up playing, I will be playing him up against the Falcons. Now, the Falcons defense did look stout up against Bryce Young in his first ever game, but then again, he was going up against, they were going up against the Panthers 
in Bryce Young's first ever NFL start, right? These defenses going up against rookie quarterbacks. Normally, that is a recipe of sugar spice and everything nice like the Powerpuff Girls for success for a defense. So I think that this week, the Packers offense will definitely look pretty solid up against the Falcons. The Packers blew the Chicago Bears out of the water. If Christian Watson plays, he is a must start for me week in and week out. If Watson does not play, I definitely would lean with Romeo Dobbs. He did seem to be the number one target on this team when Christian Watson was hurt last week against the Bears. I do think Jaden Reed could eventually at some point this season actually overtake Romeo Dobbs because I think he's a more talented player. But right now it's week two. Don't want to get too spicy, too overzealous and roll out Jaden Reed when Romeo Dobbs does appear to be the number one option if Watson does not go. My boy Drizzy Drake London. What a disaster in week number one. And I talked about it in the offseason how while I thought Drake London is an incredible wide receiver, the situation there did still scare me, right? They draft Bijan super high. Arthur Smith gets his rocks off on running the football. And that is exactly what we saw in week number one. Kyle Pitts and Drake London, these two super talented NFL players, just basically being cucked by the running game. And right now, with how good the Packers defense looked last week, I don't feel confident at all in Drake London. Do I think you need to cut bait on Drake London instantly? No, but I definitely would not feel confident in a, the slightest bit starting him this week. Mac Hollins, the guy who eats all of his food without a fork and a knife, the guy who doesn't wear shoes unless he's on the NFL field where he has to wear cleats, crazy person. Uh, he's a sit as is Kaderil Hodge. Again, you just cannot trust right now this Atlanta Falcons passing attack. But once we get to the tight end video, you're probably still starting Kyle Pitts because there is just so many bad options at tight end. At least Kyle Pitts has some upside. Moving next to the loss. Vegas Raiders at the Buffalo Bills. The Raiders are 1-0 and the Bills are 0-1, which I guess if you told me that last week, I would be pretty shocked. Now, I guess I wouldn't really have been that shocked by the Jets beating the Bills, but knowing how the Bills lost with Aaron Rodgers getting hurt on the fourth play of the fucking game and Josh Allen literally looking like Stevie Wonder out there trying to throw the football, things were bad. But I think this is a get-right game for Stefan Diggs. He had a pretty solid game anyway. Scored a touchdown, hit the sexy red ski in the end zone. I expect a bounce back out of this Bills offense up against a putrid Raiders defense. Now, I know there's going to be some Raiders fans in the comments. Nick, um, the Raiders defense looked good against the Broncos. Well, I understand that Josh Allen was turning the ball over like it was his job last night. But I don't think that'll really be the case in this game. I think Stefan Diggs has a huge game, probably better than the game he had up against the Stout Jets defense. And then Gabe Davis, I think, while the Bills definitely want a number two receiver that's better than Gabe Davis, I think this should be a game where he could get that long ball touchdown and have a pretty solid go. Obviously, way more confident in Stefan Diggs. And ultimately, Gabe Davis is kind of a bottom of the barrel start this week. So if there's a player that I've listed as a sit, and you're like, you know what, I actually kind of like that guy a little bit more than Gabe Davis. In some situations, I wouldn't really have too crazy of an argument for you. And I do try to bring those players up throughout the video. If you guys do enjoy this video so far, 
far, hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button down below. Helps me out a ton. So last week up against the Broncos country, let's ride. Jacoby Myers looked like prime Randy Moss. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo was force feeding the ball down this guy's throat. He was having an incredible game until he ended up getting hurt. And that was one of those injuries where you see it happen in real time. And your brain is just like, what the fuck just happened? Is this guy going to be okay? This looks incredibly serious. Now, could Jacoby Myers somehow play this week? I think so. But based upon how the NFL has been trying to be a lot more cautious with these concussions, I would be shocked if Jacoby Myers played. But... Boy, was I wrong on Jacoby Myers. Now, again, I'm not trying to overreact to week number one. I say that a bunch. Don't overreact to week one. Week one, a lot of the time, is a liar like that song by Ice Spice. But at the end of the day, he looked really good. And I was talking about how, why the fuck would you draft Jacoby Myers? He's just kind of that safety net, that condo rider team. He's just going to get like 9, 10 points every game. The man dicked the defense down, so I think Jacoby Myers might actually be a lot more useful than I thought. Devontae Adams was just pretty eh up against the Denver Broncos. Obviously a tough cornerback matchup for Devontae Adams. Ultimately, though, without Jacoby Myers, even up against a stronger Bills defense, we saw Zach Wilson look a little surgical out there against him, so I think Devontae Adams should be in for a get-right game. Hunter Renfro, the guy that with a lot of grit, lunch pail guy, first guy in, last guy out type of guy, he's a sit for me, even without Jacoby Myers. Then Trent Sherfield, Dolphins legend, for the Buffalo Bills is going to be a sit for me. Next up, we got an AFC North rivalry battle between the Baltimore Ravens at the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, entering into week one up against the Texans for the Ravens, I expect Lamar Jackson to just destroy the Texans. Like, I expected this to be a massacre of sorts where... This man is slicing and dicing his way through the defense like he's playing Fruit Ninja, and the game is over before it even started. But Lamar didn't look that great in the game. And I also said, gun to the head, if I had to pick one receiver, it would be Rashad Master Bateman. And... Boy, was I wrong, because in week number one, it was the Zay Flowers Express. I love this guy coming out of college. I talked him up a ton, loved the landing spot. I just thought maybe it would take some weeks, right? Maybe Rashad Bateman will get hurt like he always does knock on wood. We don't root for injuries. I actually liked Bateman a lot in fantasy drafts as well. But it appears Zay Flowers is the numero uno guy for Mr. Lamar Jackson. Again, am I saying that with a boat of confidence, like guaranteed he's the guy this week? No. But if I had to start any of them in what could end up being a high-scoring tit-for-tat back-and-forth affair, I am going with Zay Flowers. Now, the Bengals, I had Teehee Higgins on my team as well as Dallas Goddard, and both of them put up a grand total of zero combined points, just like Drizzy Drake London, right? T. Higgins was abysmal. The Bengals' offense was moving at the speed of old people having some intercourse, which is incredibly slow. They couldn't move the ball. Joe Burrow looked like a chicken with his head cut off behind the offensive line. It was embarrassing against the Browns, right? And I think even Bengals fans would admit it, right? That was a piss-poor effort out of the team. I think in Week 2, we see a bounce-back game here. Obviously, you're firing out Jamar Chase with supreme confidence. I get Week 1, the guy shits the bed. I don't know if you guys saw that video on the air plane where the guy was like trying to get to the bathroom and he shit everywhere on the airplane that is basically what the Bengals did in week number one though I did kind of hint about it last week the Bengals get dominated 50 shades of gray style against the Browns when the Browns are playing at home and that's what happened again and the Bengals notoriously under Joe Shiesty have started 
unwell in the first week of the season, right? They don't really start off too strong. They tend to get upset. So Jamar Chase, Tee Higgins, starting them with confidence. Again, I'm not too panicked. My boy, Tyler. Yeah, Boyd is going to be a sit. Again, unless Higgins or Chase get hurt, knock on wood. You're never really going to get that big game out of Boyd. And then Odell and Rashad Bateman are going to be laying on my bench. Next up, we got the Seattle Seahawks at the Detroit Lions. Basically, two polar opposite performances in week number one. Now, I know there's a lot of people that are kind of shitting on the Lions, like, oh, the Lions didn't play that great against the Chiefs. They just got lucky, this, that, and the other thing, right? But the Lions came out there, and they beat the Chiefs in week number one. I know Tariko, the announcer, oh my god, it's an asterisk. They didn't have Travis Kelsey. Shut the fuck up about that bullshit. That is not true at all. The asterisk you could throw is if Mahomes wasn't out there, but Mahomes was there, so there's no asterisks, right? The Lions won fair and square, and Amon Ra St. Brown went balls deep into that Chiefs defense. The Seahawks offense, defense looked abysmal. They had Matthew Stafford out there slicing that defense up, carving them up like they're the Thanksgiving turkey. So Amon Ross St. Brown should be able to have a very solid go this week. Wouldn't be shocking if he was the wide receiver one. Metcalf did end up scoring. He did also shove a Rams player into Middle Earth after he got a little bit frustrated. He has that mouth guard as a binky because he's a little baby despite the fact that he is a thousand feet tall. Now I wouldn't say that to his face because he would send me to Middle Earth, just like he did to that guy, but that was really uncalled for. DK Metcalf, a bit of a scumbag move. Uh, I do think the Seahawks' def- uh, offense and defense, though, does end up bouncing back, especially offensively. I mean, that offense was abysmal. Metcalf lucked into a touchdown. I think both Tyler Lockett in my pocket skirt and Metcalf should have pretty solid goings here. I think Jackson Smith and the Jigba will eventually really cut into the workload of Tyler Lockett, potentially, but it is so early on to the season. Jackson Smith and the Jigba was banged up going into week number one. I'm just not super confident in it this early on the season. Could he score a touchdown? Of course, but would I be overconfident, overzealous, and throw him in my lineup? No. Josh Reynolds going up against the Seahawks. I think if you are in a deeper league, you could definitely consider Josh Reynolds this week. He looked really good last week up against the Chiefs. He does have that connection with Jared Goff dating all the way back to the LA Rams. So maybe LA Rams legends Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff are going to end up giving the Seahawks an L two weeks in a row. But I do definitely think Jared Reynolds, or not Jared Reynolds, Josh Reynolds, does have some upside, at least, in this game. But again, when I say that I have the utmost confidence in him, no, they also have Marvin Jones, who just looked like, yeah, it's time to, you know, he's got the one foot in the retirement home. Like, it's time to maybe hang up the cleats, Marvin Jones. Now, maybe you can play out this whole year, right? I don't expect him to retire right now, but I would be shocked genuinely unless he looks better in the next couple of games if he's really back uh, in the NFL next season with a serious role. Like, maybe he's one of those guys that's on the bench, like a fucking glue guy, Will Compton, you know, hoorah type of guy, but he doesn't really seem like he should be on the football field too much. Moving next to the LA Chargers at the Lantai Thons. Now, the Chargers end up holding that L from my Miami Dolphins Tua a non expect us baby Tua slice that defense up it was beautiful to see I was so excited I was erect watching that one but now the Chargers get the Titans and I know there are people just slobbering the knob of the Titans defense got go, 9,000 right just loving the Titans defense look how good they looked against Derek Carr I think Derek Carr was playing down to the competition he realized this was a cakewalk Ryan Tannehill looked like fucking Stevie Wonder back there I already made that joke but it's true right he looked terrible he was throwing all these picks 
Chig was wide open for what should have been a touchdown. Tannehill doesn't even throw it anywhere near the fucking guy. It was just embarrassing. I expect the Chargers to bounce back in a big way. I don't think the Titans defense is elite, as a lot of people are saying. Keenan Allen, I made a joke in the video from earlier today, the running back starts hit video. If you haven't seen that, make sure you check it out, about how I thought that Keenan Allen got quote-unquote, locked up. Now, if you look at his stats, he didn't get locked up, but there were so many reports going to the game that this guy was going to bend Cater Kohu over a table. Cater Kohu played really good. He was the guy who almost got a safety on Justin Herbert, the pervert, when he blitzed him towards the end of the game. Great play out of Kohu. I expect Keenan Allen to bounce back. Mike Williams did not look very good. He had that one decent catch, right, where he just caught it in between two zones against the Dolphins' defense, and it was it was good play. Like, Mike Williams is still a great player, I'm not panicking on Mike Williams one bit after one bad game. Again, it's week one, right? If Mike Williams, again, was I super high in him this fantasy offseason? No, I was kind of off of him because I expected that we would see a lot more Quentin Johnston as the season goes along. And I still think that will be the case. But again, it's week two. Seems like the Chargers really want to ease him in, right? It feels like if you were to have to start a third receiver on the Chargers, right, you had to start someone, it would have to be Joshua Palmer because he's going to be out there more. But again, I expect a bounce back out of Mike Williams. DeAndre Hopkins looked all right. Again, Ryan Tannehill looked like he went to the school of blind for college, right? He was bad. Very, very bad. But still, Hop prevailed in a way like he didn't play terrible so I think D Hop will bounce back I think the Titans offense looks a little bit better again that Chargers defense really couldn't get any pressure on Tua in that game uh DeAndre Hopkins again he should be fine and I do think he has a lot of upside if Tannehill could figure things out Traylon Burks with Hopkins there with Chig with Derrick Henry I just don't really feel a need to start him and then Nick Westbrook Ekain is just their, their number three receiver. That'll be seen the field every once in a while. Next up, we move to the Chicago, Chicago Bears at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, DJ Moore, wiki wiki, did not do too swell. He didn't do too swimmingly. Bad game. Justin Fields was getting annihilated, pulverized, pummeled behind the offensive line. Another guy that, like, you just look up, You're maybe you're just on your phone texting, you look up, you're watching the game, and then you just see Justin Fields basically doing, I said this in the running back video, doing the Bo Jackson thing from the old video games. Uh, I don't remember the fucking exact name of the game because I wasn't alive when that game came out, at least I don't think so, where, you know, you just run around with Bo Jackson, you can fucking run all the way back to your one-yard line, do a 360, run all the way back, and you're scoring right because he was unstoppable. That's what Fields was doing, except for Fields wasn't able to actually escape. He would just run around, and then somehow they tackle him, or he'd run for two yards and then get hit or slide, or he would throw the ball to fucking Manti Teo's girlfriend. So DJ Moore, down game for him. Am I worried a little bit with how the Bears looked? But I also think the Packers' defense is actually legit. And I think the Buccaneers' defense is better than I thought. But I also think Kirko Chains, big Kirko dripping like that, Kirk Cousins did kind of sell in that game, right? That was not a great game out of Kirk Cousins. So I think DJ Moore does end up bouncing back here. I might have to temper my expectations, but again, I'm not in full-on panic mode. Fucking hit the alarm, sound the alarm after one game. Mike Evans played incredibly well up against the Packers, and Baker Mayfield himself looked good in that game. Now, again, we saw one great game out of Baker last year, and the rest were just pretty average, so maybe Baker is just a fucking one-pump chump, has one great game, but... 
But I will tell you again, don't overreact to week one, but maybe Baker isn't as bad as we initially thought he would be. And maybe Baker's just good enough to where the Buccaneers get kind of screwed out of the Caleb Williams USC quarterback uh, lottery, right? You have to be the number one pick to get that guy. That guy's basically Pat Mahomes with painted nails. Chris Olave, not Chris Olave, Chris Godwin. That's of the Saints. Chris Godwin uh, didn't score well in this game, right? He didn't have a huge fantasy game. He didn't shit the bed, not a huge game, but he looked good, right? He passed the eye test. He looked a lot better than last year, a lot more healthy, which makes sense because he was coming off of a severe injury in 2021 going into the, to 2022. So he looked a lot better, passed the eye test, I think, against the Bears, and that defense, uh, soft as baby shit. I think both Godwin and Evans could have huge games here. Trey Palmer for the Bucks looked good, actually, rookie receiver for them. But when you have Chris Godwin and Mike Evans both healthy, knock on wood, uh, we don't want to be starting Trey Palmer, right? Again, while Baker also looked good, right? Do you really want to start Baker Mayfield's wide receiver three? No, you don't want to be doing that. Darnell, here comes the Mooney and Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool with an egregious game. Like, he, he did not look good at all. Chase Claypool should stick to TikTok because this NFL shit is not for him. And again, when I make these jokes, there will always be that one guy. That's like, Nick, um, you may, you talk about football. You could never be in the NFL. You're short. You're a little pudgy, you fat fuck. Um, you would never make it in the NFL. No shit. No shit. I wouldn't make it into the NFL. I'm five foot 10, 11 in some nice shoes, right? I'm not super, I'm skinny fat, right? So, of course, I'm not going to make it in the NFL. Of course, Chase Claypool is way better than me. But let's be honest with you. He has been bad. Like, he had one decent season. Everyone was stroking this guy off, slobbering on his knob like it's corn on the cob. And now we see, like, oh, maybe that wasn't the uh, correct decision there. But then again, he did get traded. So the Steelers kind of came out like bandits in that one. Moving next to the Kansas City Chiefs at the Jacksonville Jaguars. But before we break this game down in depth at the wide receiver position, as well as all the other games, until we get the double header of Monday Night Football, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play Pick'em for the NFL in the universe. And they have a great offer for you guys on Thursday night, the Eagles versus the Minnesota Vikings. You got to go ahead and pick Jalen Hurts higher than half of a total yard. All he has to do is get one total yard and you match that with one other pick. For instance, you can go with Justin Jefferson higher than seven receptions. If both of those hit, you can go ahead and get three times your entry on that. If you want to add in a third pick, you'd get six times, a fourth pick, you're 10 times, and a fifth pick you would get 20 times your entry fee if you want to check out underdog fantasy make sure you check out the link in the video description for a first match deposit bonus of up to $100 and you have to be in one of the states that are on your screen right now if you use that link or type in promo code notorious to get a first match deposit bonus up to $100 if you deposit 100 they give you an additional 100 if you do 50 additional 50 25 additional 25 the minimum deposit on underdog is $10 so make sure you guys check that out and if you have a gambling problem please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things, the Kansas City Chiefs at the Jaguars. Now, I made this joke in the video, the running back video, so I don't mean to extra harp on this one, but this was the game, the playoffs last year, where Mahomes gets hurt. He's rolling off a bean in the second half, comes back and plays decent enough against the Jaguars. The Chiefs are down bad. I think the Jags are going to be a popular bet this week. And while I think I'll probably end up galaxy braiding myself into the Jaguars in this game, this reeks of like, the Chiefs looked so bad. Tony looked like he had fucking bricks on his hand. 
on both of his hands. Like, the offense is abysmal. No one could catch the ball. The ball's, like, going over Sky Moore's hands. Rashi Rice, who the fuck is that guy? Like, I doubt most people know who Rashi Rice is. Scores the touchdown, right? Everything goes wrong for the Chiefs in that game, right? Kelsey isn't there. Kelsey should be back, I would think, in this game. Right, I'm not saying that you should be playing Kadarius, Tony, Sky more, Rashi Rice. Like, if I have Tony, I'm still holding him because he was getting so much, so many targets with even not having that much playing time, playing that many snaps. He was getting so many targets, so I'm still holding on to him. I think there's better days ahead for Kadarius, Tony, but for the this game, like, I think the Chiefs are going to win. I think everyone's going to talk themselves into the Jags, and the Chiefs are going to win, but I don't really expect Kadarius, Tony to be, su- like... I I couldn't, like, fathom putting Tony into my lineup because of what he did in week one. Like, and it wouldn't surprise me if he did the same thing again. I'm not telling you to start him, but I think there are greener pastures ahead for this Chiefs offense. Also, something to talk about in this game would be just the Jaguars as a whole. The Jaguars start off incredibly strong in the first half against the Colts. And the second half kind of looked like a different team. Calvin Ridley had a day. I was a big Calvin Ridley truther all offseason. Said he was going to be a top 12 receiver. He looked just like that in week number one with so many great receivers struggling. Ridley didn't even look like he lost a step from when he missed all that time uh, from the gambling stuff and in the 2021 season. So Ridley looked great uh, up against the Chiefs. I think he has a good game. Zay Jones did exactly what I thought he would do. I thought that Zay Jones, I thought that these reports in the offseason were something to monitor. That, hey, this guy's going to be in the two receiver sets. Zay Jones played in more, we talked about this in the waiver video yesterday, had played in more snaps than Ridley and Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk only played in about 60% of the snaps. Now, am I saying you need to trade Christian Kirk away for a used condom? No, but I am starting to worry. I told you guys I was worried towards the end of the offseason, and I'm still worried right now. I think if you have to start a second guy in that team, it would be Zay Jones. I think this will end up being a higher scoring game. And based upon what I saw out of Christian Kirk in week one, I don't really feel like confident enough to start him this game. Definitely would rather start Zay Jones. Next game, we got the Indianapolis Colts at the Houston Texans. An absolutely electrifying matchup. A division rivalry game. The Colts versus the Texans. This is the one that everyone cares to watch this week, right? Definitely. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. Woo-hoo-hoo. Beautiful. Downright incredible. I talked up Michael Pittman all offseason. Now, again, I'm not trying to blow my load over week one. Week one is a little bit fugazi, but it is promising to see how much work that Michael Pittman got. There were so many people that told me in the offseason, Nick, don't you know Michael Pittman sucks? Don't you know? I like Michael Pittman's bad. Sound like a fucking leprechaun. Don't you know? Don't you know that, that he's bad? He, he struggled with Wentz and with... Sam Ellinger and with Matt Ryan he was getting all these targets but he's just not good it has nothing to do with the fact that those quarterbacks suck donkey cock right Nick that's not why he was he was bad it was because is because he's bad it wasn't the quarterbacks weighing him down sinking his battleship then we get to week one Richardson looks okay now I'm praying to the football gods Richardson's good to go we don't have to see Gardner Minshew in this game but if Richardson goes he says he's gonna be good to go I believe in Michael Pittman. Now, Richardson wasn't out there slicing and dicing his way through the defense looking surgical or anything like that, but he looked decent enough. He was feeding Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman's the clear wide receiver one over Alec Pierce and Josh Downs. So, again, I'm not trying to dance on the grave of all, do the fucking Irish jig on the grave of the haters of Michael Pittman, but what I will tell you is it doesn't didn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that, oh, 
The Colts were shit with these quarterbacks. They might not be great this year, but Richardson's a step above those other guys. Pittman will be fine, right? Wasn't rocket science. So Pierce, Downs, they're clear sets. Nico Collins, if you got to start him, he'll be fine. He did see a lot of volume in week one. I am very positive that Nico Collins will end up being potentially a league winner in fantasy. I think a couple weeks down the road when CJ Stroud kind of irons his game out, is playing a lot more proficient, isn't making some dumb throws, he could actually be really good uh, for fantasy football. This game does feel like it will end up being a little bit more low scoring though. So again, if you have to play Nico Collins, go ahead. I don't think he's like a wide receiver, like 60 in my rankings or something. He'd definitely be a top 50 guy, top 40 guy. But again, am I super excited about this matchup as a whole outside of Michael Pittman? Probably not. Next up, we move to a, oh, so uh, Robert Woods, Bobby Trees. He looked pretty good. He's a sit. Same with Tank Dell. Now we move to the 49ers at the LA Rams. Now, there's going to be a lot of people that spent a bag, spent a fat check on Puka Nakua in their waiver wire fab money. Look, do I think Puka could continue to be good while Cooper Cup is on the IR? Yes. Do I think Puka will be involved when Cooper Cup comes back? Yes. Do I think Matthew Stafford might actually be back? Yes. But what I will tell you is you are really chancing fate here with Puka Nakua in week two against the 49ers. Puka reeks of that wide receiver that goes ballistic in week one. Everyone blows all their fab money on. Everyone starts sucking this guy off, saying Puka this, Puka that, right? And rightfully so. He had a great game. I will give him that. I'm not trying to shit on Puka Nakua. What I will tell you is that this is the 49ers defense. This isn't the Seahawks, right? This is a different animal, a different breed. Stafford's going to be getting pressured by Bosa. Stafford's going to have some issues in this game. So if you had to start Puka, I get it. He's going to get volume. He is. The question is, what will he do with that volume against a defense that isn't giving him everything, right? So again, do I think Puka's a bad pickup in fantasy? No. But if you picked him up expecting for him to smash yet again in week number two, I think you're a little delirious. Not really because I think Puka is going to just regress as a player, right? The best week one is the best we'll ever see out of him. More just because they're going up against the Niners. Brandon Ayuk and Big Cock Brock was a connection like peanut butter and jelly up against the Steelers defense. Took him out back, took him to pound town. He's definitely starting Ayuk again against the Rams defense. That looked pretty good. Uh, Samuel... Again, I was basically so off of Samuel, I couldn't, wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole in fantasy drafts. But again, you paid the price. You're going to keep starting him. He has really big upside weekly. But at this point, again, don't overreact to week one. It seems like big cock Brock likes uh, Ayuk a little more than Debo. Juwan Jennings is a sit as well, as is Van Jefferson and Tutu Atwell. Again, that 49ers defense is scary, like Terry McLaurin. Next up, we got the Giants at the Arizona Cardinals. Now, the Giants... Getting 40 skunked, right? 40 to 0. May have blown over because of what happened to Rodgers, right? Very sad injury, traumatic. You don't want that to happen to anyone. I can't stand the people on Twitter that make fun of the injuries. Like, oh, so fucking funny that Rodgers got hurt. It's not funny. Not funny. When any player gets hurt, it's not funny. I really never understood that. But now we get to... This game, the Giants getting schmacked, schlocked, dick down in Dallas, or it was technically in dick down in Dallas as a song. The game was in the Meadowlands. I don't know why the hell they played two games in a row in the Meadowlands on a cursed field, but it is what it is. 
The Giants look just terrible. Do I think that's what the Giants are going to look like every game? Fuck no, baby. But would I want to just play a guessing game on which wide receiver is the wide receiver one on the Giants? With how putrid they looked at having an attempt of playing professional football in week one? No, again, I'm a Hodgins truther, and I don't even think the Cardinals defense is any good. But uh, won't catch me playing any of these guys. Hodgins, Slayton, Campbell, all sits. Hollywood Brown is definitely the best receiver on the Cardinals. They could have probably won that game against the left hands up. Who are we, the commanders? But again, Josh Dobbs. I don't think they're going to make the change to Clayton Looney Tunes. Clayton Toon. This game fucking sucks. This game sucks. Like, I think the Giants are going to play good, but you're not going to be confident starting any of these guys in this game. Ronda Moore, Michael Wilson, kind of one of those hot, talked up players in the fucking training camp and preseason. But again, it's so rough to play any Arizona Cardinals player just due to how bad they are. Next up, we got the Jets at the Dallas Cowboys. Zach Wilson now the QB1 for the Jets. I know basically everyone that had Garrett Wilson probably cried themselves to sleep after Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Now, Garrett Wilson made one of, he made maybe the best catch of the season for the whole season in week one. Now, Zach Wilson, I think, threw it late. It was not a great ball from Wilson. He just destroyed Tredavious White. He made him look like a bitch. He just grabbed the ball, one hand, bam! Brought that one in, touchdown, it was beautiful. Garrett Wilson's amazing. This could have been Garrett Wilson's year. This could have been the year where Garrett Wilson, like even me, who ranked Jalen Waddle ahead of Garrett Wilson, I knew that Garrett Wilson could easily outscore Jalen Waddle. I just felt a little bit safer with Waddle. But... I really respect the game of Garrett Wilson. This guy was incredible last year, considering he had Zach Wilson and cool Joe Flacco and Magic Mike White throwing him the ball. But now he's stuck with Zach Wilson all year again. And he's going up against the Cowboys. Can he luck into a touchdown? Is he going to get fed the rock all game long? 100%. 100%. But I don't think they're going to throw as much as we want because unless they get down bad, which they probably will, they're going to try to run with Brees and Dalvin Cook. So again, Garrett Wilson's upside is now kind of in the gutter. But I'm still playing him because he's so good. C.D. Lamb going up against Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner got exposed in 4K against the Bills. That fucking pass interference holding merchant got his shit pushed in. But uh, C.D. Lamb, again, tough matchup for him. I don't really expect this to be a huge game. Didn't play great against the Giants, but that's just because... <laughs> Like, they didn't really have to do anything. So, CeeDee Lamb's a start, but again, don't think this will be a huge game out of him. Probably similar to what he did week one against the Giants. Lazard, Hardman, without Aaron Rodgers, there's just no hope for any of these guys. Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup. I like Brandon Cooks. I think he's going to get a lot of targets, but this Jets defense is no joke, right? They had Josh Allen in a mental warfare, mental gymnastics against himself. He said, at the end of the game, my favorite quote was from him. He said, oh, it's the same shit, different day, basically, like that first Call of Duty mission in Modern Warfare 2. Basically saying, like, he goes against the Jets last year, gets locked up, has a bad game, right? Comes back this year, thinks he can do, do differently, but he does the same bullshit. He still does the same stupid stuff. Like, and it was, if I was a Bills fan, I would be so mad at this guy, because he's so good. But he just does the dumbest things. Like, instead of just throwing it away or being like, hey, let's not throw it into double coverage. He's like, hey, I'm Josh Allen. I have this fucking monster cannon of an arm. I'm going to throw it. And somehow my receiver's going to get it. Don't do that. Don't do that. Or, hey, I want to get two more yards 
to make it fourth and fifth, and he dives headfirst like a crazy person into two defenders. Stop doing that, man. You're going to get yourself killed. Now, I know we're not talking about the Bills here, but it is very frustrating as a fan of football. Again, I hate the Buffalo Bills because I'm a Dolphins fan, but I want Josh Allen to succeed. I want Josh Allen to be great for your guys' fantasy teams, right? I don't want him getting hurt doing something stupid like that. So stop doing that. And I think Bills fans will admit he needs to stop doing that. Again, the Jets' defense looked downright incredible. So that was basically the point of this. With Zach Wilson, you can't trust Alan Lazard or McCole Hardman. Against the Jets' defense, I'm not trusting anyone outside of the wide receiver one unless you have like a team like Higgins and Chase where it's like you're just going to play them anyways, right? Because they're so good. But you understand that there is the chance to get locked up. Don't let me out. Next up, we got the left hands up. Who are we? The Commanders at the Denver Broncos. Um, the Broncos looked okay against the Raiders. They lost. They lost. <laughs> I said this in the running back video. 17 to 16, I believe the score was. The same L they took to the Raiders was the same score they had up against the Seahawks in week number one last year. But this time, they got rid of that stooge, Nathaniel Hackett, and they bring in legend Sean Payton. What Sean Payton said about, I harped on this last week, so we're not going to go like fully in depth in it. We'll give you like the fucking, uh, what's that called? Spark Notes version, like the too long didn't read, but about how Sean Payton basically said, we're done with this Russell Inc. bullshit like this, like trying to be this like celebrity, just worry about football, pal. Like, you remember last year when this guy, they were going to, I think, England, London, where they play those games over the pond, um, where he was doing high knees the whole time, like on the plane, like this hardo bastard. So I'm glad Russ didn't look terrible week one, but uh, I don't think Jerry Judy's going to play ultimately, though. So I think Cortland Sutton will be in for another decent game. The commander's defense looked good, but again, that's because they were playing the Cardinals. So you can't really take too much away from that. I think if Ju Judy's out, you're definitely going to play Sutton here. Uh, Judy's a sit, assuming he's out. And then Marvin Mims just didn't do anything with the opportunity he was gifted. Uh, Jahan Dotson definitely looked better than Terry McLaurin in week one. I am going to play him. I don't think the Broncos' defense is a pushover, though. But I do think Dotson will get the second-best coverage compared to going up against the better corner in Pat Sertain for the Broncos, who's going to be going up against McLaurin. Again, like we talked about it earlier. If you wanted to argue, Nick, I would rather play Puka or, like, Nico Collins over McLaurin. I wouldn't tell you you're really that crazy. Now, I'm playing McLaurin because I have him ranked higher, but I wouldn't get in some crazy fucking Twitter fingers argument with you guys in the comments about that, right? I'm not going to have some crazy argument about that one. So we're starting John Dotson, Tara McLaurin, sitting uh, Curtis Samuel, shout out Captain Spock. Uh, starting Cortland Sutton, sitting Jerry Judy, and sitting Marvin Mimsy. Next up, we got my Dolphins versus the New England Deflatriots in Foxborough on Cause You Waited All Day for Sunday Night. Let's go, baby. The Dolphins, Tua Anon, expect us. Man, Tua looked great. Man, was it amazing to beat that social media quarterback, Justin Herbert, the pervert. It was beautiful. Check down Charlie, Justin Herbert. Tua swings his cock around like Indiana Jones with a fucking whip and just bam, right, right in the face, Justin Herbert, you bitch. All right, so there, there's the homerism scream of the video, my rant. Um, this is a tough matchup for Reek and Waddle. I know the Eagles offense looked good against them. I'm not here to, like, Tua's undefeated against the Patriots, but I'm not here to tell you this is some pushover that the Dolphins are going to run train on the Patriots. Now, do I think, do I think that? Yes. 
That's what I think is going to happen. I think the Dolphins are going to go into Foxborough, Billy strut their way in there, and fucking hit the, do the crane kick karate kid right to the dome of Mystic Mac Jones and kick Bill Belichick's sorry ass. But what? while I think that's going to happen, deep down in my heart, because I'm a Dolphins fan, I have to be realistic, right? The Patriots got a good defense. Tyreek Hill just bent the Chargers over 200-plus yards. Amazing game. I don't think he's doing that again. But you're not sitting him because he has so much upside. He probably finishes this week, I'd say, as like wide receiver 15-ish. I think this is more of a down game for him. But I'm probably still going to have to rank him highly because you can't just rank Tyreek as the wide receiver 15 when even against the best corner in the world, even up against prime fucking Darrell Revis, Neon Dion, prime time. Uh, I, I think Tyreek could just go off in any game. Same thing with Waddle. Waddle has a down game against the Chargers because Tyreek just goes so crazy. I think this might be the opposite. Now, I don't think Waddle's going to get 200 yards, but I think this might be the game where Waddle outscores Tyreek Hill. Again, the speed from both of these guys, speed kills in the NFL. Uh, even just a three-yard fucking bubble screen these guys can take to the cribbo. Braxton Berrios looked like the receiver three there, but they do love... Tua loves River Craycraft, my boy River Minecraft. He scored a touchdown against the Chargers, so Braxton, cool guy, number zero. Made a really good catch of that game for the Dolphins, but not start-worthy. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, if you wanted to start him, you could. I think he'd be your best bet against the Dolphins. The Dolphins' defense played sorry in week one. I think Vic Fangio comes correct, though, in week number two. Defensive coordinator of the Dolphins and fixes this. Uh, but if I had to play one, it would be Kendrick Bourne. He was just playing so many snaps. And Boo Boo Schmidt-Schuster, the guy with the explosive knee, did not play too well. And then Devontae Baca... Um, he may play, may not. If he's out, that'll be Kayshawn Boutte out of LSU. Again, if I had to start one, it would be Bourne, but I think the Dolphins' defense plays way better in this game. Next up, we move to the first of the doubleheader of Monday Night Football Saints at Panthers. Chris Olave gets hurt. I was not a Chris Olave guy in the offseason, but obviously, whenever anyone gets hurt, I'm like, oh shit, this is terrible. Hopefully, he comes back, and then he comes back. So, good to hear for Chris Olave. Uh, the Panthers' defense got smoked, rolled up like a blunt, and smoked up against the Falcons. So, And Chris Olave looked good, so I'm starting him. Slant man, Michael Thomas, the slant god himself. Looked like he wasn't missing a step. Now, we all know Michael Thomas can get hurt at any point in the season, right? He stubs his toe out for the season. But uh, right now, with him looking good, I would find it hard to sit him, if I'm being honest with you. He... He did look really good. Now, did he look like his old self, right? Probably not, but he still looked like a decent enough NFL receiver to be start-worthy for fantasy football. I'm Shahid. Rashid Shahid uh, of the Saints is a sit for me, but again, he has that weekly huge bomb upside. Uh, Thielen, Mingo, Marshall, until we see more out of Bryce Young, like we're going to see more of that rookie bullshit where it's like so clear that the guy's not opening, he just throws it right into like double coverage. And again, I'm not saying Bryce Young's a bust or something. That's insane to say. But uh, early on in his NFL career, I like Thielen. I think Thielen will end up being the number one guy there. But if you were to start anyone on the Panthers uh, besides Miles Sanders, it would probably just be Hayden Hurst because it seemed like, uh, not CJ Shroud, that's the Texans quarterback, but it seemed like Bryce Young really did like to throw the ball to Hayden Hurst. So Thielen, Mingo, sounds like a porn star name, and Terrace Marshall are all sits for me. Final game here, final game on Monday night. The Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Amari Cooper down game against the 
Bengals, but didn't look bad. The Browns offense actually looked way better. I was seeing a lot of people saying, like, the same old Browns, like, Watson still looked bad. Like, I didn't think Watson went out there and looked like the old Watson of the past, the MVP, Deshaun Watson fucking stroking his guitar like he's Elvis Presley. Um, But he looked better than... I'd say his haters probably still will find a way to galaxy brain into him being shit, but I thought he looked good. Not amazing, but he looked good. Definitely looked better than Joe Burrow. Joe Shiesty. Um, but uh, yeah, Cooper down game is what it is. The Steelers defense is tough. This is a division rivalry game. Again, these, these games are really coin flippy. Like the Steelers literally looked like they had no idea what they were doing. And Kenny Pickett might throw five fucking touchdowns in this game. Uh, so Cooper's a start though, regardless. You drafted him highly. You're not pulling the plug in week two. Pickens, he's a start, but he's just like barely a start. Like even if Deontay Johnson doesn't play, which I expect him not to, that injury seemed like a two, three week Outing again, I'm as much of a doctor as Johnny Sins, but it doesn't seem like he'll be back. Good to go for week two. Uh, Robinson, A-Rob a will be the number two guy. He actually, he looked terrible over the last couple of years, but he, he showed out in week one. I think he could have a decent game. Again, Pickens a start, but he doesn't get enough volume to where it's like, yeah, I really need to start Pickens. Like, you're really just hunting for that touchdown against the Browns for him to be a good start. Uh, DPJ is the clear number three receiver there. Elijah Moore did get some work. Again, I do think Moore will be start-worthy. I think he actually is going to look really good this year. But it's week two against a tougher defense. I'm just going to sit him down. I know people be like, Nick, how can you say the Steelers are a tough defense when Big Cock Brock Purdy uh, just had such a good game against them? The 49ers are, are just like one of the best teams in the NFL right? Pick it out a bad game. Like uh, things happen in week one. So thank you guys for watching. If you did end up enjoying, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below. Hit that like button. If you did end up enjoying, make sure you guys check out the Patreon if you want for my weekly rankings, as well as answer every single question on there for $7.50. Link in the comment section and in the video description. I love you guys all so much. Click that subscribe button. Check out one of the videos on your screen right now. If you haven't seen them, love you guys. Have a great one as always. Good.